What's up, gamers, and welcome to Lost at Sea Gaming. I am Hulking Yoda, the captain of this ship, the SS Gamer. And you have just entered into my captain's quarters, my weekly gaming update show where I talk about my favorite gaming news topic of the past week, discuss what games I've been playing, give tips on some of those games, as well as issue a weekly relevant gaming-related decree. This week, it's all about Xbox swag for the 20th anniversary celebration, so let's talk about it and dive right into the episode with my news catch of the week. Gamers, anybody that knows me knows that I am an absolute glutton when it comes to swag of my favorite brands or gaming franchises, whatever it may be. If there is swag, I am right there to gobble it up. So with this year being the 20th anniversary of Xbox and its brand, I have been very impatiently waiting for all of this celebratory merchandise that Microsoft had stated a few months ago that would be coming throughout the course of the year. Now, don't get me wrong. I've got my personalized Xbox 20th anniversary mug with my gamer tag on the back side of it. I've got my 20th anniversary logo t-shirt already sitting right here in my closet. But there's some other things that I was really looking forward to, some unexpected things, things that I didn't see coming. And man, this past week, there was a few things that I did not see coming that I was absolutely excited for. Now, the first of those announcements that I'll go over is the collaboration between Xbox and Adidas. That's right, the shoe brand that used to be my favorite back in the early 2000s is now coming out with its own line of Xbox shoes. Now, we only got the glimpse of the first, that's correct, the first of what I assume will end up being four different Xbox-branded shoes this past week. Now, the reason I say four is my assumption is because, first off, the Adidas partnership is going to be releasing a different shoe style based on each console generation of Xbox. And there's the Xbox, the 360, the Xbox One, and now the Xbox Series X and S. So with this first design, obviously we're going to go in order. November 15th is the 20th anniversary of the original Xbox. So we start with that original Xbox. But the cool thing about this design to me is it's not just the original black box with the green orb in the middle that they take their design inspiration from. It is actually the translucent green Halo Xbox from way back in 2004 when it launched on March 14th. That is actually the console design that they are taking inspiration from when designing these shoes, as was evidenced by that classic 90s skater tape, mixtape kind of look to it that actually showed off these shoes in action. Now, I got to tell you, this is very special to me for a few reasons, but the main one being that this is the console that I actually had to close out that generation. The first year and a half or so of the console generation of the OG Xbox, I had that original black box with the green jewel in the middle. But man, when they announced and first showed off that 
translucent green console. I was absolutely on board. I was actually working at GameStop at the time, was able to throw down on a pre-order, and just absolutely loved the beauty of that console. As far as the color, the design, the look of it, I really wish I had held on to it all these years later, but hindsight is 2020. Now, just to talk a little bit about the design of the shoe, I love it. It is a black base with an almost kind of clear neon green color of that aforementioned Xbox model for the soles. And I would say just a bit darker green that outlines the shoe with a big focus coming towards its back in the shape of an X on either side. So the outside and inside of the shoe, it's got this giant green X on either side. And it just looks really cool. There's a black tongue with the original Xbox logo on the orb at the top center of the tongue. And it has black with gray striped laces. And I absolutely love it. I, I cannot wait to get my hands on a pair of these. If you didn't get a chance to see what they look like yet, you can see it in the cover art for this episode. Whew. Again, there's no specific release date that we got on it yet. But it is supposed to release this year. And there's not a whole lot of days left in this year. Obviously, my guess is it's going to come on or around that actual 20th anniversary on November 15th. Possibly the even cooler piece of this news, though, is the fact that there is going to be every generation of Xbox represented over the next year. I am just super stoked to see all the different designs that Adidas is going to come up with. And honestly, this first shoe really gives me a lot of trust that it's going to come up with some good stuff. Now, it wasn't just these Adidas shoes that I went nuts over this past week as far as Xbox swag. It was also some more 20th anniversary stuff that was announced. And the first, guys, you know I am the controller freak. I love, have an obsession with even, controllers. Any controller for any console, I go nuts over different colors, styles, designs, themes. It usually takes a lot for me to not want to get a new controller when it comes out. So you best believe when it's branded and themed after the 20th anniversary of Xbox, I am loving it. It is this beautiful see-through black with a green X on the guide button that's actually glowing green when the controller is turned on. And there's also this green ring that goes around the D-pad also that lights up when the controller is turned on, which I think is awesome. And the back grips of the controller are just that beautiful kind of a neon Xbox green that we've all come to know and love. But one of the coolest things about this controller is that it also comes with an exclusive dynamic theme for your console background that's going to automatically download to your console once you sync the controller with it. So definitely a beautiful looking controller. I am all about it. As soon as I saw that it was available for pre-order, I jumped on it and pre-ordered me one of those bad boys. Now, the headset, it was also really cool, although I was actually disappointed because it's a wired headset and not wireless. I cut the cord a couple of years ago, and man, I really don't want to go back to a corded headset. So it definitely disappointed that it was only that option. But it still looked really sexy. It's actually a black with a translucent ear cup exterior that is outlined in the bright Xbox green. 
And the left cup has the green 20th anniversary logo on it. And the right cup has that Xbox branded logo. Now, there's a green L and R designation on the inside of the cup. So you know which ear is supposed to go where. It does have a green boom mic that is extendable and retractable and utilizes the latest audio capabilities, including spatial audio. Guys, I love the look of it. I just really wish it was wireless. But I may end up just saying, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go ahead and get this anyways. It's for the 20th anniversary. I love the look of it. So what if I got to plug it in? It's not that serious. So these are both actually confirmed to release on the actual 20th birthday of Xbox, November 15th. And man, I cannot wait for that controller. And who knows? I may end up getting that headset as well. So that was my news catch of the week. Now let's go into the second week of my month-long segment of horror and take a look at two horror games as we discover what lies ahead in the form of terror on the sea. Gamers, the first terrifying tale that we're going to take a look at this week comes in the form of a game known as Visage. It's been developed by Sad Square Studio and released in October of 2018. Now, I will say, after a very morbid beginning, the game has players controlling Dwayne Anderson as he explores this ever-changing house, discovering the backstory of its former residents and the horror that they experienced while living there. Now, I will say, the house is kind of a hub in and of itself, freely there for you to explore. You can interact with different objects you come across and search for ways to get into the different locked rooms around the house. And there's going to be four different scenarios that you can play at any time in any order. And each scenario details a specific former resident of the house and the horrors that happened to them while in it. Now, as you explore, though, you do have to keep an eye on your sanity. And the longer you stay in the dark or darkly lit places, your sanity will begin to decrease. You don't want that to happen. Let me just put it to you that way. So a big part of the gameplay in this game is really managing your sanity by making sure to turn lights on via switches when possible or lighting candles throughout the exterior and interior of the house and rooms with a lighter that you're going to find early on in the stages of the game. But let me just forewarn you, you don't start with a lighter, but you want to find it as quick as you can. That's all I'll say. Now, the final piece to all this, though, is there are still spirits haunting this house. And at any time, they can cause what the game calls a paranormal event. Now, these events could be as simple as opening or slamming a door just to kind of give you that jump scare. Or they could be as detrimental to your survival in the form of popping light bulbs or extinguishing candles, putting you in pitch blackness. And then you got to kind of scramble to get out of it so you don't lose too much sanity. Now, I will say once you step out of that darkness, your sanity slowly starts to come back. But you don't want to stay in there too long. Get out as soon as possible. All in all, Visage will definitely keep you up at night if you linger too long in that dark. 
Now, the second game this week in Terror on the Sea is one called Infliction, and it was developed by Caustic Reality and published by Blowfish Studios. Initially released back in October of 18 as well, ironically enough. And the comparison between these two and why I chose the two of these to be grouped together this week, Infliction also takes place solely inside of a house. But this is a very different house than the one in Visage. In Infliction, you play as a grieving husband, mourning the death of his wife that you may or may not have murdered. Now, regardless of your role in her death, she haunts the halls of this home. And she's going to be stalking you at every turn as you try to explore and uncover the memories that you've locked away all this time and ultimately face this truth. Now, the wife is pretty terrifying. I'm just going to put it out there to you. She is very very well designed as far as from the means of trying to terrify the player and really get at you in that sense. And the only way to get away from her is by using a light source. And that could be the flash of a camera or flipping the light switch on as quickly as she enters the room that you're in. These are really the only ways that you can slow her down. I will say it was pretty funny and kind of cool using the camera in order to slow her down because it's a Polaroid camera, meaning that it's an instant print of the photo and you actually can see what your picture took as far as the movement or positioning or pose that your wife may have been making at the time of that flash of camera and there's some pretty interesting stuff there that's all i'll say but if you have no light source you still have a means of escape or at least a means to hide from your wife And you can hide under beds in the different rooms, closets. Very alien isolation style in these moments. And you can listen to her gurgling moans and watch as she floats by your location. Very creepy stuff. Just like in Alien Isolation and other games that have used this gameplay method, it is absolutely terrifying as you wait and just hold on to your breath and hope that she does not notice you or out of nowhere just burst underneath the bed and rip you out and game over, reload. Now, there are some puzzles here to solve. You get documents and journals, newspaper clippings, tons of things to read and uncover, all with a full backstory of the couple's relationship and as many secrets. And I would definitely say, ultimately, Infliction is worth taking a look at. That is this week's Terror on the Sea. Now let's go open up my captain's log and see what games I've been playing this past week. Gamers, this past week, due to my work schedule and preparing for a vacation I'm about to go on next week, I didn't have a whole lot of gaming time and I really only put some focus back into Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And I know you're probably wondering, well, wait a minute. I figured on this episode, you'd be talking about your time in Far Cry 6 or even Zelda Skyward Sword or Metroid Dread on your new Switch OLED. <sighs> well, a couple things, guys. Just a preface here. As far as the Far Cry 6 dilemma, I'll get more into that in my Captain's Decree this week. But let's just say I made the decision that, you know what? I need to buck up and focus 
and I need to beat Assassin's Creed Valhalla, the base game, once and for all. Because if I don't do it now, it ain't happening. And again, I'll go into more details around the reasoning behind that in my Captain's Decree. But as far as the Switch OLED, man, that one is a hard pill to swallow. I had pre-ordered it through Walmart. I was supposed to receive it, I assumed, on launch day, which was last Friday. And here we are. As of the launch of this episode, which will be the 12th of October, I still have not received my Switch. I still have not got a shipping confirmation. I don't know what's going on, is the bottom line. So I'm a little frustrated because I really, really was looking forward to talking to you guys about my first thoughts on the console, Zelda, Metroid. Well, unfortunately, I can't do that. But I can talk to you about my amazing continued time in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So what I did this past week is I did mop up all the rest of the icons in the region of Lincolnshire. Absolutely loved that region. There were also two more Order of the Ancients that I went through and took out. And those were the last two in a chain of Order of the Ancients that ultimately allowed me to find the location of the leader of that chain and go and take him out as well. And I really do love what they do in this game with the Order of the Ancients and how you can track them down and the notes that you discover that gives you clues to the next location of notes and so on and so forth. Logan Phoenix over at Graveyard Gamer, him and I have talked about it before. I know he loves that style. Definitely check out his podcast. Cool guy, great show. This week's episode, he's talking about the Resident Evil movie that just dropped its couple of trailers last week and how excited he is for it. Definitely go check that out if you're a fan of that series or if you just want to listen to a good gaming podcast. But outside of just finishing up the area of Lincolnshire and taking out some Order of the Ancients scum, I did start the next main story arc, which led me to the region of Sussex. And I am now exploring that region and loving it. I got to tell you, it's another beautiful, beautiful region. Ubisoft, man, they just really outdid themselves visually in the creation of this game. I just marvel at it every single time I'm playing it. And it's just, there are just so many beautiful locations and lighting and colors and uh, I love it. So far, I am a few quest objectives into that main story arc and I am totally absorbed in this story and what is going on here. And I can't wait to find out what really is going on here. And I got to tell you, there are some story arcs throughout the game. Most of them, I would even say that I've played so far, feel like, yes, they do feel somewhat attached to the main core plot thread that's going through between Eivor and your brother Sigurd and Bassam and the assassins and all these different things. But then there's a lot of them that just kind of feel like they're their own stories isolated to the regions that you do them in. This is very much like a core main plot thread storyline and quest line, and I am loving it. There's just some really cool stuff that's going on, some payoffs from previous allies that you made earlier in the game, and it's just been a lot of fun to see how those things play out, and I can't wait to continue to see how they play out and how it all comes together in the end, so to speak. So thoroughly enjoyed my brief time with Assassin's Creed Valhalla this past week. But let's go check out what my highlights of the past week was now.
Gamers, as I've stated before, the highlight of the week for me does not necessarily have to be tied to a specific gaming moment, per se, in a game. It just has to be gaming-related. So for me, this past week, again, I reiterate, I am a controller freak. So it was the announcement of that 20th anniversary Xbox Series controller and getting that pre-order in. Oh, man, I cannot wait to open up that box. Even little things that may seem, really, to most people, to me, mean something. Like the box that it comes in that they showed where it shows the timeline from 2001 to 2021 and just the design and the 20th anniversary logo. And it's just the little things for me, gamers. And I really cannot wait to give a review, a an accessory review, as I do here from time to time on Captain's Quarters, for how awesome I hope that controller actually is once it's in my hands. Man, I cannot wait to celebrate the 20th anniversary of Xbox with that controller. Now it's that time of the month to go check in on my trophy level progress and gamer score quest goals and see if I was successful or not in obtaining them. Now, if you've never listened to this show before or if you haven't in a while and don't remember what these segments are, basically what I do is I give myself a goal for the next month of a trophy level to obtain as well as a certain gamer score amount I would like to get to. So let's go check in on these starting with the trophy level progress and see if I was successful or not. Gamers, when it comes to my trophy level progress, I will start with reminding you what my trophy level was last month and what goal I gave for myself to obtain by the recording of this episode. So last month, my trophy level progress, I had made it a trophy level 203, 26% completion towards 204. And then I gave myself a goal of trophy level 204. So this month, here we are, and what is my trophy level? Well, gamers, I did unlock 24 trophies in the past month, and it got me to a trophy level of 204, 76% completion towards 205. So I was successful in my goal in reaching 204 trophy level this past month. Woo! Absolutely amazing. And obviously, I've now set a new goal for myself for the date of November 16th of 21, which is when I hope that that mid-month episode of Captain's Quarters will release next month. And that new trophy level goal is to reach a trophy level of 205. Now, some of you may be thinking, wait a minute, I've heard this show before and I have listened to your trophy level progress and you, I thought that was your yearly goal. Well, you would be correct. That is my yearly trophy level goal. Now, there is a possibility that I could reach 205 by the next update on November 16th. And if that is the case, then of course, I will alter my yearly goal. But I just kind of know what my game plan is looking like over the next month. And I'm not necessarily sure there's a lot of PlayStation gaming involved there. So I'm just going to leave it at 205 for now, and we'll see what happens. It still may come down to the wire, be a little dramatic there towards the end of the year, whether or not I actually hit this trophy level goal, the annual goal for myself. Only time will tell, but that was my trophy level progress. Now let's go check in and see how I did in my gamer score quest. 
Gamers, I'm not going to lie. It's been a rough go of it this year for me in gamer score. I became very absorbed in my PS5 for probably the bulk of the year, I would say. It's very much been more so than I expected it to, especially the multi-platform games that I've now decided this year to a lot of them play on the PS5. So with that being the case, it's been a real struggle month to month to try to <laughs> try to actually meet these gamer score quest goals. But with that being said, my gamer score last month, I ended with 288,500. And I had given myself a goal at that point of 290,000. Now, it's not too bad. 1500 gamer score, depending on the games you play and what you're doing that month, uh, it's pretty easily obtainable, right? Well, again, based on different unforeseen games that pop up on the PS5 or playing games that are more involved and time-consuming as far as waiting to unlock achievements or time between achievements unlocking, like Assassin's Creed, it's not as easy as it could be necessarily. So, with that being the case, you probably guessed it by now, but my gamer score is 289,155. I did unlock 24 achievements, and that was for 645 gamer score. So, I got a decent amount and did some decent amount of unlocking this past month, but it was still 845 shy of my goal of 290,000. So, here we are. I'm going to give myself a goal for November 16th, the next update. I will give myself a goal of 290,000. And the reason why, again, to reiterate, it's because I'm playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla. That is my focus right now. And there's some time in between achievements unlocking. Not to mention, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I am also going on vacation for a good amount of time here coming up in the next week and i'm not going to have that opportunity to game on assassin's creed xbox and different things so i have to take that into consideration as well when making this goal i don't want to set myself up for failure so two hundred ninety thousand is going to be my goal for next month now to give you guys that yearly gamer score goal reminder for the year i would like to unlock twenty thousand gamer score but at the very least, I'd like to crack 300,000. Now, I know what you're saying. Hulking Yoda, it's almost November. And you hadn't even cracked 290,000 yet, man. I don't think you're going to get over 10,000 G between now and the end of the year. Well, that's you're probably right. But you know what? That's what I gave myself a goal for at the beginning. That's what I'm still going to do what I can between now and 2022. And we'll see where I come out on the other end. So that was my Gamer Score Quest update. Now let's go check out some buried treasure gaming tips I have for you in Assassin's Creed. Gamers, this week when it comes to the tip I'd like to share with you, it's purely a suggestion of progression that I would like to offer when it comes to the story arcs and regions and the order that you do them in in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And what I mean is, essentially, you're given, most of the time, at a certain point, multiple options of regions to go to. And in the beginning stages of the game, I would say it's pretty easy to determine which ones you want to go to based on power level. Because each region that you can pledge to 
has a designated power level that's recommended that you not go there until you are at or near or above that power level. Now, for me, for the most part, the majority of the game, I just followed that power level progression and it's treated me well so far. But I got to a point in the game where you're essentially told before you go to this next region, you want to make sure you have as many allies as possible. So that leads me to believe, okay, I want to do every other possible region that's open on this map before I go to this specific region in question. Well, doing some digging and just kind of really questioning myself and wanting to make sure I didn't screw anything up. And this is why I'm giving you the tip just to kind of give you guys uh, that advantage out ahead of it before you get to that point. If you want the best, most flowing storyline and plot line and not be playing in certain story arcs or regions and be kind of lost with certain character names or situations that you don't remember happening, the best suggestion that I can give you is follow the power level order. So just follow that progression and you will get the most cohesive storyline possible in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Absolutely recommended. Best way to do it. So now let's go check out what this week's Captain's Decree is. Gamers, when it comes to this week's Captain's Decree, I gotta say it's a little bit more personal than a lot of them have been. This is really about me here. And here is my decree to myself. I do not have to jump to that new shiny game as soon as it releases. Now, the context behind this, and this is also to everyone out there, we don't always have to jump to that new shiny toy, so to speak, as an analogy here. And where I'm coming from is, as I mentioned earlier in the episode about Far Cry 6, so as we all know, it came out last week. Man, I am so stoked to get into that world and go take down Anton and explore and just lose myself to the next main Far Cry game. One of my favorite series. I can't wait. But my self-proclaimed favorite gaming franchise of all time, Assassin's Creed, I still have not beaten the latest game in the series. And I don't know if you guys have a calendar that you can look at, but last time I checked, we are less than a month away from Valhalla having been released for a year. And here I am. Yeah, sure. I can say I've dropped over 180 hours into this game. And it's a massive epic that's going to take forever. I get all that. But I made the decision to play other things over the course of this past year instead of focusing indefinitely on Assassin's Creed. Sure, I spent chunks of 20, 30, 40 hours at a time playing the game, but I would always move on. Oh, yeah, I'll have time. I'll get it done. By Far Cry, by Far Cry. Well, Far Cry has come and released and been a week later, and I still haven't beaten Valhalla. So I realized something when looking at my game plan, my game shelf. I call it Hulking Yoda's game shelf. And as I'm looking ahead to what games are coming out the rest of this year, and the games that are coming out in the first 
few months, first half of 2022. And if you listen to my last episode, you'll know how I feel about how cramped that is getting. It really occurred to me, hey man, if you don't beat this game now and just have some patience when it comes to Far Cry, you're probably not going to beat this game. Definitely not anytime soon. But if you let it go that much further, you may end up allowing yourself to not even beat this game at all. Do you really want that to happen? And you know what, gamers? The conviction in me was absolute. No, (laughs) I don't want that to happen. I am going to make this happen. This being me beating Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Now, I'm not saying that I'm going to go and get all 1,000 gamer score. I'm not saying that I'm going to continue getting every little teeny tiny orange dot that's a little chest in the game world. And I'm definitely not including the expansions right now of Wrath of the Druids or Siege of Paris. Right now, I just want to beat the base game and complete it as far as the main objectives, the main story arcs, and the main what I would call side objectives. But I've got to do this. And it's a determination that I made for myself. And you know what? A week later, I am at peace with it, gamers. And I am loving the fact that I am now content. And no, I do not have to jump once that new shiny game is released. That'll do it for this week's episode. I hope you've enjoyed your time aboard the SS Gamer. You can join its crew by searching for Hulking Yoda on the Xbox and PlayStation Networks. Reach out to me via email at lostatseagaming365 at gmail.com, as well as find me on social media on Instagram at lostatseagaming, as well as on Twitter at lostatseagamin, the number one. Thank you for listening, and until the sea says otherwise, we'll keep sailing.